Hi, I'm Karen. Hi, I'm Shinkan. We are the hosts of the Unconventional Voices podcast. Our podcast is about demystifying the current academic landscape, all while exploring innovative approaches to thrive academically and professionally. Let's get it started. Today, we'll continue our conversation with Jordan. Um, I just wanted to talk about busy lifestyles. So you talk, you mentioned earlier that sometimes people meet with you and just set up two meetings, and that's the end. You don't see them again. So how do you encourage people or motivate people who don't necessarily have that healthy fitness lifestyle in their day to day lives and are busy, but still want to work out or the people who have a gym membership, but they don't use it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's it's so very common, and especially in North American culture, uh, Western culture, we'll call it, uh, that people uh, they have an idea about what they would like to do fitness, and they say, "Yeah, I'd like that body if someone could just give it to me." Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's of course never that easy. So what I yeah, like, what I try to do is. Uh, break it down for people like that because there there's always a pathway to at least feeling better or being feeling more fit and sometimes we have to figure that out together but what I usually recommend to people is try to start small like I don't even like the word diet because sometimes people they in this culture they get a, they get really fixated on diet and uh, they'll go on these crash diets that aren't sustainable mm-hmm. so sustainable changes is, a, is a, I think a huge like something that you can see fits in your lifestyle if, and it could be something as simple as uh, helping them get up in the morning and here's about 10 minutes that you can start your day with. And then here's a, a meal that I know that you don't hate that will actually help rev you up for your day, something like that. Mm-hmm. And then furthermore, in over the course of the day, maybe I know they're busy, but they have a little time at noon. So either they're going to join in one of my classes or video classes, or here's 20 minutes working on what you need to specifically to build your body the way you want to. And then that might be all that I can get into their schedule at first, but that is enough if it's done consistently. Mm -hmm. So if somebody can make a sustainable change to their lifestyle or what they're eating, drinking, uh, things like that, that goes a lot farther than trying to go to the gym for an hour and a half twice a week and then missing it the next week because it's not sustainable in your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So if that's, I think that's step one for people is saying, what is a sustainable change I can make in my life? Something that is actually going to stick and I will do it week in, week out because that, that that's going to make a bigger difference. Yeah, absolutely. As you were talking um, about those small changes, I think that one other benefit of having a personal trainer is accountability. Yes. So um, if you have to meet someone, whether if you meet that person for 30 minutes twice a week or once a week, at least you know you've paid and you you know you have to show up. (laughs) So definitely accountability. But 30 minutes is, like you said, enough to make a sustainable change. Oh, very much so, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that's true. Like accountability is big for people. I like people to eventually think about being accountable to themselves too. Yeah. Almost like you have a debt to pay to yourself, like you owe it to yourself to feel good and be mm-hmm. healthy. And if you can kind of get in that idea that uh, you... Because almost everyone has this idea of what they how they would want to exist physically. And it is achievable. It's just a matter of figuring it out and... Uh, 
making the choice uh, to do that for yourself. But I don't know what it is, but people know that they can get sick by not staying healthy, but then choose not to do anything about it until they get sick. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yeah, that's a very common, uh, very common thing for people to uh, wait until it's too late. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's ever too late, but that's just a- as an expression. Yeah. So like I do get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, well, listen, I have shoulder issues, knee issues and hip issues because I haven't been very kind to myself mm-hmm. and I'm also overweight. Because I've always uh, eaten unhealthy, mm-hmm. but uh, so I mean, would it be lovely for us to like establish that uh, idea of healthy mentality early mm-hmm. in life? Mm-hmm. And I think the world does make efforts to do that a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Um, because body image issues aside, for me, I'd rather people have a strong foundation mentally and physically to be able to make the choices they need to make. So yeah, it does start with it does start early, hopefully. Mm-hmm. with people because once those habits are developed they become harder harder to break down mm-hmm. the line absolutely um which brings us to our next point um funding how do you fund like how would a because our podcast focuses on phd students yes. and um, students in general so how would someone who's a, a student living on eh, an okay budget <laughs> um fund their fitness journey well, that's a great question because that and that is uh, and I know that student lifestyle is uh, super tough mm-hmm. because uh, not only you have uh, a lot of demands, almost you could say you're in debt for time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're you're probably already going in debt uh, financially too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean it's there's uh, possibly a, as a recommendation like if you do think you need to reach out to a trainer and you think you can fit a couple sessions into your budget, then you can sort of map out to that trainer that, uh, listen, I can't afford you uh, three times a week. I wish I could. Um, but maybe if we could build a program that could, at least we would do the same things that we would mm-hmm. do. So that's one option. And one of the reasons I developed classes was actually because some some of my clients were having trouble affording, uh, this is a long time ago now, but they were having trouble affording the uh, one-on-one sessions. So I said, well, if I put together a class of 10 people, it's going to be a lot cheaper for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you could do, for the same price, you could do an entire month of uh, consistent training three times a week. Uh, Why don't we try that? And no, it's not the same in-depth training that a trainer can give you one-on-one, but but you can also, you can still really benefit from that in the right class environment and you get the motivation of... Mm -hmm. uh, being around other people. So that's, that is one option, but there's also a lot of avenues. Like, uh, we even have a, a little bit of a YouTube channel where I put, uh, exercises we and do? stretches. <laughs> we do. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not very popular. Uh, <laughs> it will, <laughs> but it is, it is there. And I, so I have things on there like for developing wrist strength, uh, elbow strength, uh, shoulders, all kinds of stuff. Mm. And it's free. So, you know, that's, uh, there are budget options out there for people. Be careful what you're doing. So all I suggest to people, uh, if you're not following uh, someone in fitness that you know you can trust, just be careful with your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you do that program, uh, you raise your arms up over your head like they're doing and it hurts your shoulder, don't do that range of motion. Never do something uh, that does that feels like it's hurting inside your joints or inside your body. Like so, if you raise your uh, hands all the way up over your head and it hurts, but you go down about three inches and it doesn't, uh, that's your range of motion. So, like the biggest thing is, is only work in a range of motion that actually feels good for your body, mm-hmm. creates muscle pain, but never any other kind of pain. So. 
the free options are out there, but just be careful with yourself. Thank you. Um, maybe I, I should touch on uh, some other stuff as far as uh, budget. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that kind of also connect with uh, sustainability? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, so, yeah, you make a good point about... Uh, so when I was talking about sustainability, mm-hmm. uh, it has to be sustainable in your lifestyle, but also uh, financially as well. Yeah. So if, you, if, if training doesn't fit in, in your budget, and I've seen this happen with people, uh, maybe uh, you register for some classes, but then you can't afford them uh, the following month. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be done, mm-hmm. but uh, it is nice to have an alternative as to what can be sustainable in your budget after that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where I encourage people to either have a program built for them or start seeking out some of the many, uh, many free options that do exist online. Yeah. Um, but find something that fits for you. There's, there, there are all these 20 minute workouts out there and stuff like that. But, uh, and a lot of the trainers you trust out there, uh, do have stuff online. So, uh, like in the fitness mission for me, it's really not whether or not you're training with me. It's just whether or not you have something available for you. Like if I can be a, la- mm. a, a rung or a step on that ladder to your success, I'm still happy with that. Yeah. Um, and I still consider all those people family, even uh, people that I might have trained five years ago and they were always in my classes and they moved on to something else that worked for them financially, geographically or, t- or for their schedule. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I see them again in five years and you know they're right back into our fitness family and that's, uh, that's such an honor. I love that. Yeah. I feel like we already talk a lot about like planning for your fitness journey. So would you say like being sustainable is the key in the planning process uh, or are there anything else you would like to share regarding the planning part? Yeah. So like a quick example, uh, I have uh, really full days. Mm-hmm. Uh, often I'll put in about 14 hours uh, in a day. Yep. Uh <laughs> So I'll, I I do a lot of things for body maintenance, uh, but I break it down in a schedule. Like I'm a very regimented person now, and I have to be mm. to succeed. I, I make all of my meals for the week on Sundays, so <laughs> all of my meals are ready for me because uh, I need to have them uh, on the go. And and uh, plus, once I make them, uh, I don't want to waste them. Yeah. So I'll have them sure. all ready. Uh, but I'll wake up in the morning and I actually uh, I'll roll my feet with a lacrosse ball mm-hmm. uh, to get to, to keep them healthy. And I do some stretching for my bicep tendons and my shoulders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, I actually do some light mobility workouts too right away. And then throughout uh, my day, I'll do little things to just to uh, take care of my body health. And uh, I always schedule time mm-hmm. uh, in my day, literally in my calendar yeah. uh, for my workouts. So uh, I'll say... I'll, I'll sort of make myself accountable to that time slot. Uh, so what I recommend to people is is starting small like that, mm-hmm. um, even if it's like, okay, 6 a.m. I get up, I'm going to drink some water. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm going to go for a walk. Yeah, And that's, that's st- that can be step one for you. Mm, and then definitely. you do that sustainably and you think, hey, what's I'd like another step. This has felt good. Uh, and maybe you so you start eating more vegetables and uh, some of the sugars that are making you feel lethargic and tired. You say, oh, I actually don't, I think I don't need them. I'm going to cut some of those out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next week you're thinking, oh, I felt good with the water and the better yeah. food and the walking. Now what? I want to feel stronger. Mm-hmm. So steps in your journey can be like that. Yeah. Uh, so sustainability often comes with 
not overloading yourself. Uh, so some people, they, they say, okay, I want to get fit. And uh, they jump into a, a program and classes and uh, really drastic changes to what they're eating. Yeah. Um, but they don't realize that it was too much at first. So I, yeah, I really recommend that people start small mm-hmm. uh, and then keep adding on to it. And it makes it more measurable for you too. Exactly. So you can see like, okay, I, I could handle that. I know I could. Uh, I've already achieved that and proven that to myself. And then you take your next step. Yeah, I like that. And I feel like that's also a part of the uh, process we talked about earlier, like to get to know yourself better. Uh, what are your limits? What can you push yourself for even more? Yeah. I mean, those kind of things are definitely, uh, again, tied back to the keyword sustainability <laughs> here again. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, we have talked a lot about teaching philosophy um, and uh, the training that you do. I feel like in the world world of fitness, people often use terms like training, uh, trainers. And those are some words that we in the domain of education as scholars, we often touch upon those concepts as well. So given this background, do you see any educational implications of your line of work? Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, and, and I mean, not that you can't actually go through uh, degree programs uh, to, to essentially uh, do what I do as <laughs> I well. I wish we could have that. <laughs> <laughs> and even when you think about martial arts as an example, too, uh, yeah. like, for instance, a black belt journey, journey is going to be typically between five to eight years. Wow. Which is a lot like a PhD, right? Yeah. <laughs> Longer. <laughs> <laughs> so so it's, it is exactly that. Like, and in a way, uh, it is a degree. Uh, and, and, and black belts do have degrees as well. So yeah, so achieving uh, something like that, it, it is like a scholar, scholarly pursuit. I, I definitely agree, yeah. Uh, and, but that goes for anything in fitness. Like achieving your body, it's almost like you, you start with a class mm-hmm. uh, and then you would go on to achieve success, would, which would be a lot like a degree. And then you say, okay, what's next? Can I get better? Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I mean, the realm is very similar to the intellectual pursuit. Because I really believe uh, intellectually, physically, emotionally, most of the limitations that we have are what we place on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as far as what you can learn, uh, what you can retain uh, intellectually, uh, you might have this idea that you're limited until you push past that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Until you learn a new language, which you, which you have achieved. <laughs> uh, and uh, like when I think about that, like right now to me, if I was to try to understand or speak Chinese, uh-huh. I, I have no idea that I think that seems impossible currently. Um, but I also know from all my endeavors that nothing's impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I put work on understanding it one step at a time, eventually we could have that conversation exactly. in Chinese. Yeah. Uh, and I think you, un- you have understood that. Um, and now you can carry on in a well-educated conversation in English, <laughs> which, is, which is an achievement that I think uh, you really should give yourself uh, a lot of credit for. Wow, thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think it's the same when we are talking about you know, taking care of yourself when you have a busy lifestyle like a PhD student. You know, taking care of yourself is also a way to um, acknowledge the achievement that you have attained or also to celebrate um, the milestones in your in your journey, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and and people can do so much more than they give themselves credit for. 
Uh, and that's yeah, you know, th- that's my journey in life is to help them mm. unlock all of those things that they think they didn't have it in them to do because because I've seen it intellectually, mm. physically that there's if you work at something there's there's really no limit, uh, and every time you break down the limit, you realize there's more. Mm. Uh, I can do more, and and once you unlock physical and intellectual experiences, it opens up avenues in life or and experiences in life that uh, even something as basic uh, as somebody that didn't have good physical health and uh, they're able to go on a hike after uh, getting into better health. Yeah. Um, and they notice they're the first one up the hill. Um, yeah. Or even it was a hill and a view that they couldn't have even experienced before because they didn't have the physical ability to get up that hill. And suddenly you get to the top of the hill and you see the, the forest or the water that, uh, and you get to experience something that was a limitation for you before. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I like the verb unlock. You're using unlock your <laughs> limits. I mean, you put it very beautifully. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to add before we end this podcast session? I mean, you have shared a lot of very, very useful information, and I'm sure our listeners will be benefiting a lot from what you have said. But are there anything else you would like to add? Just that the, every uh, every journey starts with the first step. Uh, that old analogy, just don't put too much pressure on yourself and mm-hmm. realize that it can be a step. Nobody's asking you in, in fitness or in your intellectual pursuits to jump as far as you can into that journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally a small step. Walking into a gym or just having a conversation or saying, acknowledging that I need to make some changes to feel better. Make that first step. Yeah. But then understand that to get to your end result, you're going to need to make a second step and a third step. Uh, So just acknowledge and be be kind to yourself that uh, even if you fail, make that step and maybe you mess up, but it's okay take that step again and eventually mm-hmm. you will get there. <laughs> wow. I feel like it's uh, it, it applies to our PhD journey as well. Every journey starts with a small beginning. Yes. Um, and there might be challenges along the way, obstacles along the way, but you really need to have the confidence in yourself. And yeah. that's definitely, <laughs> I think it's applicable to our PhD journey as well. I yeah. think so. Keep moving forward, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. So how can our listeners get a hold of you? Uh, they can. It, I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> uh, they can come uh, to New Body Dimensions anytime. Uh, but even easier than that, Mighty Maestro Fitness is on Instagram, Facebook, uh, and like I mentioned, we have a very unpopular YouTube. Um, and they can email email me anytime at uh, info at mightymaestrofitness.com. Great. We will actually put the links you have mentioned uh, as well as the email address in our <laughs> show notes for this podcast. Yeah. And we have a, a pretty easy to navigate uh, website as well. I know websites aren't, aren't as popular as they once were, but uh, mightymaestrofitness.com. Yeah, that will be in our show notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you very much, Jordan, for joining us today. Uh, and thank you for sharing all those invaluable information with us. And I'm sure this will be something all our listeners will benefit from. Thanks so much. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you.